Welcome to Bethlehem Covenant Church's sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed as you listen to this message. Okay, if you have your Bibles, turn with me over to John chapter 10 as we continue on in our Gospel of John series and uh, continuing to think about what it means to live out our faith exactly where we are. We've got a great study today on Jesus the Good Shepherd. So John 10, I'm going to read for us verses 1 to 28. It says this, I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in some other way is just a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they don't follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they didn't understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I'm the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were, not, were just thieves and robbers. The sheep did not listen to them, but I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and life to the full. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees a wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock, scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand, cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are, <coughs> excuse me, that are not of this sheep pit. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down and the authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. At these words, the Jews were divided. Many of them said, he's demon-possessed, raving mad. Why are you listening to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. And can a man with a demon open the eyes of a blind? Then came the Feast of Dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was in the temple area walking to Solomon's colonnade. The Jews gathered around him, saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you didn't believe me. The miracles I do in my Father's name speak for me, but you do not believe, because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. And no one can snatch them out of my hand. This morning, like I said, I want to talk about Jesus, our good shepherd, and what Jesus really meant by that. Um, I've mentioned to you before uh, that my new favorite song uh, is Goodness of God. 
we've sung it many different times at our church services here, uh, but the words are very dear to me. There I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. All my days I have been held in your hand. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. And then the chorus goes, all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. And then that second verse goes, I love your voice. You have led me through the fire in the darkest night. You are close like no other. This song, you see, is all about our good shepherd, about God's faithfulness, love, and care for us, how he leads us every day from the moment that we wake up until we go to bed. He is close like none other. You can't see him, but he is right there. This has been true my life, my whole life, and I, I know it has been true for you as well. This is a great joy to know God and to hear his voice, to feel his presence close by, to know that he is watching over you and your family and, and our church. He is the good shepherd of our life. In the Old Testament, the shepherd often symbolized the caretaker of God's people. It's interesting to me that the key forefathers of our faith were all shepherds at one time. It was their job. Abraham, Moses. Moses spent 40 years shepherding sheep before God sent him to shepherd his people across the wilderness. David was a shepherd before God called him to be king of Israel. God himself is called the shepherd of Israel. In Psalm 23, 1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me to lie down in still, by still waters. He leads me. He restores my soul. In Isaiah 40, verse 11, it says of God, He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those who have young. I love that word, gently. In Psalm 95, 6 and 7, it says, Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, it says, the flock under his care. It's, it's interesting that a shepherd was a common and a low-class job back then. But that was the, the word that God often used and exalted to describe himself. And it was often the training ground for those that he would call into leadership. God gave great responsibility to Israel's leaders to shepherd his people. But most of the time, those leaders led the people astray instead of close to the heart of God. Ezekiel 34 is a whole chapter where God is rebuking the religious and political leaders for not taking care of the people like he had called them to do. And in Ezekiel 34, it says, The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. And say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, Woe to you, the shepherds of Israel, who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the whole flock? 
you go and make sure you eat the best and clothe yourself in the best, but you don't take care of them, the flock. You've not strengthened the weak or healed the sick. You've not bound up the injured. You've not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You've ruled them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. Later on in that same chapter is a great declaration in, in Ezekiel 34, 11, where God says, so I myself will come and search for my sheep, says the Lord. I will look after them. As a shepherd looks after a scattered flock, I will look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places they've scattered. I'll bring them back from the nations and gather them again. I will tend to them on a good pasture. I myself will tend to my sheep and have them lie down and rest, declares the Lord. I will search for the lost. I will bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and I will strengthen the weak. God says, I will do it. This prophecy is speaking about the coming Messiah and what he was going to do. It's speaking of Jesus. God come down in the flesh to go seek and save the lost, to gather the flock, to shepherd us, to green pastures, to lead us to life everlasting. The good shepherd. You know, my job is pastor. You know, the word is taken from shepherd to watch over a group of people caretaker teacher and i take that very seriously i answer to the shepherd we all have parents and pastors and mentors and leaders whom god has put in our life to help lead us and guide us and provide for us in the lord and what this chapter is telling us is that jesus himself is going to be our true and good shepherd the shepherd with a capital s he may use different people at different times in our life to speak his words or to guide and to help and provide for us but really it is he who is the one who is behind it all jesus himself is shepherding us he's shepherding our family he's shepherding our church he's ever present and watching over me and you isn't that wonderful he's watching over us you have someone watching over you right now when you get lost in the thorns and the thistles he he sees it he's the one who knows and, and he goes and finds you when you have to walk through the valley it's okay because he goes too. his rod and staff they comfort you he's our defender from evil when you find yourself in the desert place and you have no idea how you're going to provide for your family, where the food and the water is going to come from, he knows where to find it. He's your good shepherd. He will lead you to green pastures. He always has and he always will. And if you go lost, even if it's your own fault, <laughs> he'll still leave the 99 to go in search of just you because you're his. And when he finds you, he puts you on his shoulders and he carries you back home because you matter to him. This is what the Bible is saying, what Jesus is saying, that he is the good shepherd and we are the sheep of his pasture. Now, a few items here from, from this chapter that I want to point out to you. The first thing is that Jesus mentions he is the gate or the door. And this is still Jesus talking about the shepherd. This is not something different, and I'll tell you why. For in biblical times, the shepherd would lead his sheep from place to place, and at night he would often gather them in a sheepfold. I have a picture here of one back in ancient times. 
It's like a pin, you know, and these were scattered all around Israel. And this was usually made up of rocks or with an opening there for the door. And at night, the shepherd would gather his sheep and he would lead them into the fold. And then he, the shepherd, would lay down across the opening. He would lay down at the only opening that as he rested, he was also protecting his sheep from any predator that would try to come in and steal or kill them. They had to go through him. He would lay across the opening. So the shepherd was the door, the gate, the only way to the sheep. What Jesus is saying here is that the true shepherd enters the, by the gate and he lays at the door. Jesus mentions a watchman here. That's like the odor, the ones whose land you were on. In our parable, that is God the Father. Jesus says that the watchman opens the gate for him to come in. This is referring to the fact that Jesus was sent by God, the anointed, the one called of God, the true son of God. Jesus is the one whom God has put over his sheep. He alone has been given the authority by God. Jesus, the one and only. Now, in comparison, Jesus mentions the thief and the robbers and how they don't go through the gate. They instead climb in over the rocks and try to steal the sheep. Jesus is speaking here of the religious leaders, the false teachers, those who aren't from God and have not spoken the truth about God and have led many people astray, destroyed many lives because of their false teaching, scattered God's people. They too themselves are lost. These leaders don't have the things of God in mind, nor do they speak his words. They're there for selfish reasons in making a mess of things. They are the thieves in the story. In the previous chapter, Jesus calls them children of the devil. Now he calls them thieves. He's not making any friends here. You know, this is serious. People are trying to steal God's people away from the true heart and salvation of God. But he has come to lead them back to God and to give them life. And Jesus says that you will know the true shepherd because he calls his sheep by name. And he leads them out. And the sheep follow him because they know his voice. And that is the next thing I want to mention here. That those who belong to Jesus can hear his voice. For they know him. It was not uncommon back then for several flocks to be sheltered together in one pen at night. And so when the morning came and it was time to go, the shepherd would get up and he would call his sheep. He would say, let's go. And among the many sheep in the pen, his particular sheep would hear that familiar voice and they would stand up and start walking towards him. If one was distracted, he would call them by name, Buster. And they would come and he would lead them out. And they would follow him to the next place of food and water. For they had come to know their shepherd's voice and to trust it. But Jesus said they won't follow a stranger, but will run from them because they don't recognize that voice. I think this is the striking thing that Jesus is saying here. It is that the people that were supposed to be the flock of God, 
Israel. They could not recognize the voice of their shepherd anymore, even when he took on flesh and came to lead them. They had become so much a part of this world, so proud in their own arrogance and traditions, so deceived that when Jesus spoke so clearly even the word of God, so true and fulfilled all that they had been waiting for, they were unable to see and hear. To them, God had become a stranger. They rejected Jesus. Like John 1.10 said, the Lord was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own didn't receive him. They had forgotten the sound of his voice. They could no longer recognize it. What Jesus is saying is that the true sheep of God will hear his voice and know him and him who sent him. And he will call them by name and lead them to where they might have life and life to the full. Now we have to realize this teaching is coming immediately after the story of the blind man, which is so important because I believe what Jesus is saying here in chapter 10 is a direct response to what happened in chapter 9. Jesus has just performed another sign, a miracle, proving that he was the Messiah, the Son of God come from God, for he opened the eyes of a man who had been born blind. Everybody in that crowd should have seen that act and know who it came from, but they don't. They hate Jesus without reason. They call him demon-possessed, but the blind man can see different. For the first time ever, he can see physically with his eyes. And so he says, so he says to the, to the people who should have known better, the blind man says this, he says, who can open blind eyes but God alone? Can't you see this man is from God? He recognizes it. He starts to think, this could be the Messiah. And when the establishment hears that, they kick the man out of the synagogue and community. But we read that Jesus goes and finds that man, making himself known now directly. He says, do you believe in the Son of Man, the term for the Messiah? And the man who was once blind but now can see says, who is he, sir, that I might believe in him? And Jesus said, you've now seen him. <laughs> and the fact is the one who speaks to you is he. And in that moment, the man's ears just open, and he could see who's in front of him. And he says, Lord, I believe. And he falls to his knees, and he begins to worship him. And Jesus welcomes him into the fold. The true sheep know his voice. They see the miracles. They hear his teaching. They know it's the Lord. And of all the voices calling out to them, they choose to listen and believe in Jesus. He's the one who made them and knows them and can give them life. He gives them ears to hear. You know, there are a lot of voices in our lives today, in our world today. A lot of people speaking about God and life, telling you how to live, what you should do, whom you should fear, what matters. Some are religious, some are anti-religious, some are friends or teachers, others are social media or politicians or whomever. Maybe even just some old voices in your head. Today we have so many voices 
tried to get our attention to get us to follow them and their ideas. And some can be tricky, for they at first might sound pretty good. Some may even quote the Bible a little or sound a little bit like the teachings of Jesus. But when you really examine them, you start to see the inconsistencies and the false things, the subtle things, the compromises, the lies. But in Christ, we are given the Holy Spirit, you see, to help us recognize his voice, to help us know the truth of God. We've been given the word of God. Jesus said, my sheep will know my voice. And that is the voice that we trust and obey in our life, our shepherd. Throughout life, be careful that you are following your shepherd, the one who loves you, knows you by name, and desires God's best for you. Jesus said the thief comes to, to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and life to the full. The desire of Jesus is for your good. He wants to guide you into a life pleasing to God. He cares about your future, your holiness, your salvation, the way you treat people, your joy and peace. The, the thief doesn't care about you or these things. The thief cares only of himself. We must test, therefore, everything we hear with what we know for certain, with the voice that we have come to trust. You know, I love my wife, and I've come to know her voice. I love her voice. She has been gone this uh, weekend and, and will call and will talk, and I love to hear her voice on the other end of the phone. I miss it when she's gone. I know it very well. I know when she's mad at me, too. I can hear that in her voice, even across the other side of the house. I know when she's worried, even when she says she's fine. I can hear it in her voice. The other day, I was in this sanctuary, and she was somewhere out in the hall behind the walls there, and I couldn't see her, but I knew it was Carrie because I could hear her voice. I know the tone and the sound of it. If you're walking with the Lord every day, it's been months and maybe now a few years even, maybe even a decade or two that you've been walking with the Lord, seeking Him, I promise you, you know His voice. Don't worry. Now, if you haven't been spending much time with him in the word or prayer or church lately, then maybe worry a little because you can be tricked by a similar voice if you're not careful. You could be led astray. I heard someone say that when they train people to find and identify counterfeit money, they teach them to know the real thing so well that they can spot the inconsistency in the fakes. They don't study the fakes. They study the real thing. And knowing the real thing, they can spot the fakes. And I thought about that in relation to our topic for today. For if we abide in the Lord and daily walk with our shepherd and study his word, we'll be able to discern his voice above all the others in the world. There have been times in my life when someone has said something and I considered it for a moment, but... But then I just felt, this, no, this doesn't sound like Jesus. This isn't what he would tell me to do. This isn't the character of him that I read about in the Bible or the things that he taught. I don't have the same peace about this, you know, like I do when I know that it's him. 
There have been other times when I knew it was the Lord speaking to me and wanting me to follow, and, and I just didn't want to hear it because I didn't want to go where he was leading, you know, but I knew the right thing to do. Now, how is it, you know, because that voice is real and because our shepherd is real, and the more you walk with him, the more you know his voice. He loves you. It has helped me to remember that he came to bring me life. And so wherever he leads me, that's where I want to go because I know it is for our good. The next thing, though, about the shepherd that I think we read here in this chapter that I think is so important is that it, five times it mentions, Jesus mentions, that the good shepherd will lay down his life for his sheep. Five times in this short little portion. He says he will lay down his life. He says it won't be taken from him, but he will lay it down. And I think this is the first time Jesus speaks of his death and what he's willing to do to save us, the cross that he would bear as our shepherd, Savior, and Lord in order to save his people and restore them and give them eternal life. He's willing to give his, up his own life for that. And, and I want us to see this important truth Notice, Jesus speaks about his death, not as a martyr, but as him laying down his life and taking it up again. Both. Verse 17, Jesus is so clear about what he's going to do. He says, I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have the authority Jesus says, to lay it down and the authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. Jesus is speaking about his death and resurrection and that he is in complete control. I believe this is the best scripture we got to teach that Jesus wasn't killed. He laid down his life for us. He came to be an atoning sacrifice. The shepherd became the lamb, and the lamb took our place. When Jesus told the disciples he was going to Jerusalem and would be arrested and crucified, Peter said, no way, Lord, I'll never let that happen to you. And Jesus said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You don't have the things of God in mind. Jesus knew what he had to do. The shepherd would become the lamb. He rode into Jerusalem knowing they were going to crucify him. He told Judas at the Last Supper, I know what you're going to do, so do it quickly. He went to the garden and prayed, Father, if there's any other way, but if not, your will be done. When they came for him with torches and chains, he willingly went. He told his disciples to put away their swords. When the guards and priests falsely accused him, spit on him and mocked him and struck him over and over again, he didn't retaliate. It says he didn't open his mouth. When Pilate said, just give me something so that I can release you, Jesus said, no, it was for this hour that I came. When all the people sneered and said he saved others, but he can't save himself, he didn't try to prove himself by coming down. He simply prayed, Father, forgive them. They don't understand what they're doing. Jesus did what he had to do. He went all the way until it was accomplished. He laid down his life. And when it was done, he rose from the dead. 
because he had the authority to lay down his life and he had the authority to take it up again because he is God. Can you hear me now? That's what he's saying. Death has no power over him. That is why he alone can give you eternal life. The shepherd of the Old Testament came down, took on flesh, and then the shepherd became the lamb who died for you and then rose because he is over all. Sure, Judas played a role of betrayal, and the chief priests and the Pharisees hated him and wanted him dead. Sure, all the people yelled crucify, and the Romans nailed him to a cross, but they were not in control. He was the whole time. And he still is every day of your life. Don't you forget it. Jesus teaches us here how the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. But the hired hand, when he sees danger coming, just runs away. He doesn't care that much about the sheep to get hurt. This is not his, you know, sheep. This is just a job to him. It's not a relationship. He doesn't care that much about them. But for Jesus, this is his sheep. <laughs> he cares enough to lay down his life for that sheep hymns if you really love someone you lay down your life for them you're willing to die for them and that's what Jesus is saying he's willing to take your place for him it's personal this keeps blowing me away that the God of the universe really does know my name and he loves me this much to lay down his life for mine only to take it up again in victory Jesus says my sheep listen to my voice I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they'll never perish. No one will be able to snatch them away from my hand. No one. Which leads to the last thing I want to mention about the good shepherd today, and that is that Jesus says here that there are other sheep that he must bring in also. In verse 16, Jesus says, I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pit. I must bring them in also, for they too will listen to my voice, and there'll be one flock and one shepherd. When Jesus said, I have other sheep, that are not of the sheep pit. He's referring to the Gentiles, people who were outside the Jewish race. The Lord is going to bring two people together as one, one body, one faith, one church under one Lord. He's going to reconcile the two upon the cross. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And we're all saved the exact same way by the blood of Jesus. He breaks down the wall and he makes one flock with one shepherd. And I'm struck by the way that Jesus says it. For Jesus says, I have other sheep. It's like he already knows who is already his. And that if they just hear the gospel, they're going to respond. For he says, they will listen to my voice. It's like he already knows who's his and who's going to respond. Which means that our job is not so much to convince and win converts as much as it is simply to be faithful, to preach the word, to love as he loved, and to trust that people will respond. We find the same thing in Romans 10, 9 and following, where the Apostle Paul says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For there's no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is the Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But, he says, how can they call on the one they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one they've not heard? And how can they hear without somebody preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So here is our mission today, you see, to just keep preaching the good news. 
For the Lord already knows who's his. He knows who's going to respond. We don't. But we must be faithful to do our part, to be a witness, to be the body of Christ, to share the hope that we have with others, to preach that truth and to keep teaching it to our children, loving people like Jesus did and praying for them. And the sheep will hear his voice. And they'll lift their heads. And they'll look to him. And they will be saved. The sheep are his, not ours. They listen for his voice, not ours. And they'll know their shepherd when he calls them by name, just like we do. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. What a good shepherd we have. Praise the Lord, we have a shepherd, someone who is watching over us, someone willing to lay down his life for us. Whenever you hear his voice today, don't harden your heart. Just trust and obey. He loves you. He's here to give you life, and life to the full. Have a wonderful Sunday. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To stay up to date with all of Bethlehem Covenant Church's information and events, head to bccwaverly.org.